Radio here on this Monday evening. You're tuned into RepublicBroadcasting.org, and this is Corbett Report Radio with your host, the one and only, yours truly, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you all the way from my home apartment studios here in the sunny climes of Western Japan. So once again, thank you for tuning in for tonight's broadcast and for this week's uh, edition of Corbett Report Radio. Once again, lots of interesting guests and topics lined up for you this week. So uh, tonight we're going to be talking to Walter Burian, who we were having problems connecting with last week. Well, we're going to uh, be talking to him tonight, and I think we're just getting him on the line as we speak. So once that happens, I'll get, get him up and ready. I uh, just wanted to let you know that we'll also be talking to Michael Vale of StratRisks.com, our old friend Michael Vale, uh, tomorrow night uh, on the program uh, due to popular demand. He's, uh, there's been a few people asking for him, so I'm happy to have him back on should be an interesting conversation, so stay tuned for that. But right now, it's, I see we do have Walter on the line, so let's go straight to Walter Burian of CAFR1.com. Walter, it's great to have you on the program. Thanks for joining us. Good evening. Great to be here. Excellent. Well, it's, it's good to talk to you. Obviously, last week we, uh, we went through CAFRs a little bit, the, com- the uh, Comprehensive Annual Financial Reports and what they are and what they're hiding from us. And we, uh, we did our best uh, in your absence, but it's great to have you here to go through it in some more depth. But just in the, the first couple of minutes that we have here before the first break, perhaps you can tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Ah, well, back in the uh, oh, late 70s, I was a commodity trading advisor and uh, worked out of the World Trade Center and did an international news line on commodities focused on silver and U.S. Treasury bonds. But in 1990, and while living in New Jersey, there was a governor who got elected by the name of Jim Florio on a no-new tax platform. Well, he won, and uh, a month after he was governor, a $2.8 billion tax increase was enacted by state government, the largest in the state's history. Now, it was uh, drafted by the prior administration, but Florio could have vetoed it. Or stopped it. He did not. So the proverbial hit the fan. Uh, there were two DJs, John and Ken, that were working out of uh, 101.5 FM out of Trenton back then. They're now in L.A., the John and Ken show. They started rabble-rousing, saying, How is this possible? How can this happen in New Jersey? $2.8 billion tax increase. This is absolutely horrible. We need to do something about that. And they were rabble-rousing, taking calls from listeners on examples of waste and spending in government. Now I was listening for the first two or three days, and the highest figure I heard was $85,000, and they were ranting and raving, how is this possible? I pulled out the budget report, which was the only thing I was familiar with at that time, read out, called into the show, read out the billions of dollars the state was dealing with, and I said, come on, guys, you're missing the whole point. If there's fraud, waste, and misspending taking place, it's taking place on tunes of tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, the DJ challenged the listeners to uh, start an organization to repeal the tax increase. Ten of us got together and incorporated a group called Hands Across New Jersey. We had about 63,000 volunteers with uh, in about two months from John and Ken Ravel rousing around the clock. I took over looking at the budget revenue and finance. Being a commodity trading advisor, which, you know, trillions pass through the commodities market each year, 
large numbers did not back me off. The majority of the people, when they got to a figure over, you know, five, ten, twenty million dollars, they just got the mind shock. <laughs> but, you know, I was used to looking at figures, hundreds of billions, trillions of dollars, so I took over looking at the budget revenue and finance. It sounds like you're going to commercial break. Hey, yes, indeed we are. So just hold it right there, and we'll be back with Walter Beery and KafferOne.com right after this commercial break. Back to the broadcast, friends. James Corbett here from CorbettReport.com. You're tuned into Corbett Report Radio here on this Monday evening, and we're joined live on the line by Walter Burian of CAFRA1.com, the man behind the expose of the comprehensive annual financial reports that we were talking about here on the broadcast last week. So it's great to have him on to, to talk in more depth about uh, this issue and to answer some of the questions out there that you may have about this issue. So once again, if you want to get in with your questions, 1-800-313-9443. That's 1-800-313-9443. Or you can tweet your questions to Corbett Report, at Corbett Report. But turning back to Walter uh, Walter Burian, you were telling us before the break about your uh, hands across New Jersey and the fight against the tax increase that was going on at that time. Please continue with that story. Now, this was back in 1990 in New Jersey, and I took over looking at the budget revenue and finance, and I looked at the budget report, and it me more than an hour to see uh, the, you know, they had an initially back then, this is 1989's report, which was avail- available to me in 1990. Uh, they showed uh, $11 billion on budget, $6 billion off budget, total service budget $17 billion, showed net available of about, I think it was twenty three point six or twenty five point six billion dollars. But I saw that the cash cow generators uh in New Jersey state government, the uh, authorities like New Jersey Turnpike, Grand State Parkway, Port Authority, New York, New Jersey, uh they weren't showing any revenue coming in there. Uh, I knew the state had, you know, massive investment funds and I didn't show any income from the investment funds there. And I said, you know, this is selective presentation. So, um, my father used to be the director of personnel at the Department of Treasury over all state employees for about four years. And, he, and even back when I was 16, he had got me a summer job working in the uh, Capitol building below the governor's office. And I, I knew the inner workings of the uh, state house, uh, Centrex, and phone systems. I called the uh, director of the budget's office, uh, who was Richard Keevy, and I knew he was out on vacation until the following Tuesday of that week when I called so I got his uh, lower assistant, got him on the phone, said, Hi, this is Walter Burian. I'm working on a report for Richard. Have to have it done by Tuesday when he gets back from vacation. I need all the figures on the autonomous agency accounts, interest accounts, investment accounts. He goes, Oh, uh, you want the comprehensive annual financial report. Bing, first time I heard of that before in my lifetime. Keep in mind, I was a commodity trading advisor to an international news line, talked to quite a few people, never mentioned there were people, never worked. So I said, yeah, can you send it to me? He goes, oh, you better talk to Mark, the next one down from, uh, you know, Richard. <laughs> so I hit my speed dial. Hi, Mark, just sp- uh, spoke to Bill, working on a report for Richard. Need the comprehensive annual financial report so I can finish it up by Tuesday when he gets back on vacation. Oh, where do you want to send to? Got it that Friday. 
Now, I'm a bottom line type of person. I'm going to know total cash, gross receipts, total investments. You know, there are many leaves and branches on a tree. I just want to see the trees. So I started looking for the total investment fund held, and uh, that totaled out at about $88 billion. Then I wanted to see the total cash gross receipts, all agencies, all departments, all sources. So that would be tax income, investment income, enterprise income, federal grants, any cash income coming in for the state. Now, keep in mind, they had a total budget of $17 billion for the year. I found the total cash gross receipts, and I think it was on page 176 or 174. Uh, you know, they, they consolidated all of the income sources to give the total gross. Now, here's a state with a service budget of $17 billion, showing a net available of about $25 billion on their budget report. Are you, are you sitting down? Their total cash gross receipts for the year were about $83 billion, so $799 million. I learned the definition of syndicated organized crime that day and the principle of operation. Anything that was a cost and an expense on services to the public, they had the public footing, 100% of the bill for 100% of the services, uh, which were selectively grouped on the budget report. Anything that was a profit center, large investment fund that generated massive amounts of revenue were only shown in the comprehensive annual financial report. And keep in mind, a budget report is a, you know, what they were doing was a selected presentation for the year. Because a budget report is income uh, applied to meet expenses for the year. The annual financial report was the collective wealth building since the inception of that government. It would be more uh, compatible to your statement of net worth versus your budget for operating your house for the year. <clears throat> so the annual financial report showed the funds that have been building up over decades, uh, the total gross income from all sources. And, you know, I realized right off the bang, uh, that's why I never heard it mention people or word about, you know, the comprehensive annual financial report. So, you know, keep in mind I was naive uh, as to the reality of the situation when I first learned so my first impression was, oh, this is the biggest game in town, and, you know, there must be a few select players in on the game. So in an exercise in logic, I, I wanted to find out who it was sent to. So I called the mailroom, Department of Treasury, to find out who the report was sent to. I thought it was a small list. And the woman said, sir, I can't read this out to you over the phone. It's too large. And she started qualifying it. They had grouped up into media, education, in general, under general, all the senators, congressmen got sent to report each and every year. Under media, the networks, CBS, NBC, ABC, you know, were sent not just one report. They were sent uh, between some cases 87, 114 reports. It was distributed not just to the CEO of the networks, but to every director at the networks. You know, education, all the uh, uh, school districts, uh, colleges, universities got copies, and they produced their own comprehensive annual finance report. And I started smelling the largest effort for cooperative non-disclosure I had ever seen in my lifetime. You know, here's the holy grail of accounting, the Bible. You know, for any, and, and by the way, I found out it was not just state government, but the cities, the counties, the school districts, the universities all were on the annual financial reporting and accounting structure or putting together a statement of net worth 
and then only showing to the population and the public their selectively created budget report for the year. You know, <clears throat> so I said, you know, everyone's included here, excluding the population of the United States. I called John and Ken, you know, from 101.5 in Trenton. I said, John, Ken, I got the Holy Grail of accounting in my hands, the comprehensive annual finance report. Let's go live on the air. And they go, well, come on down. We'll take a look. If you got it, we'll, you know, we'll hit the airwaves. So I brought the book down. They still up, you know, for the first time also. And I showed them the bottom line numbers. And he goes, yep, he's got it. <laughs> so we went on the air for about 45 minutes, uh, reading out the bottom line numbers. And I was giving out an analogies. Well, that was the last live interview they did for a while. <clears throat> Immediately, the station got calls from their sponsors, large construction crews, pharmaceutical companies, banks, and everything else. If you ever let that guy on the air again, we're going to cancel all of our sponsorship with your station. The FCC came down on them. <clears throat> John and Ken ended out in uh, Los Angeles, never to mention the... Uh, uh, comprehensive annual financial report again. The station was bought out by some Korean uh, about six months later. You know, and, you know, it was the biggest, truly the biggest game in town when you look at the money involved. I did a, uh, collective ad of all the annual financial reports just in New Jersey, city, county, state, school district, enterprise authority, and I took just the liquid investment assets held from the, you know, many, uh, different separate entities. And I did an equation. I said to myself, if New Jersey was a public corporation, all of the local governments were combined, and the public was equal shareholders, what would be the value of their stock, you know, their, 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 their holdings, you know, not physical assets, just strictly liquid investment assets, you know, for every man, woman, and child in the state. And, you know, back in 1990, it came out to being uh, about $416,000 for every man, woman, and child in the state. You know, but New Jersey had the highest uh, tax increases and uh, taxation, period, because the bottom line, you know, it was extortion, period. Well, exactly. I mean, exactly as you say, how could this be anything other than just uh, extortion on a monumental scale? And I guess, uh, as Stalin said, one person's death is a tragedy, but a million's is a statistic. So I guess stealing uh, billions is just a statistic to these people. But uh, but put that into perspective for us. You say $88 billion, that that was for just just the state for one year. And then when you looked at the cities, the counties, the school districts, the enterprise, I mean... The New Jersey Turnpike and Garden State Parkway, which most people are familiar with, when they wanted to build those authorities, they had to run by a vote to the public because they wanted to issue an $8.5 billion bond issuance to build the authorities. And under the bond issuance, they said that the authorities would be toll authorities until the bonds were paid off and the bondholders would remain as owners. But once the bonds were paid off, the authority would revert back into state government and uh, be free authorities. And the public goes, yeah, it sounds like a square deal, and they all approve the uh, bond issuance. So they bought the property, built the authorities. And what they did, though, meaning that they were extremely profitable, a lot of traffic going through daily, uh, you know, they increased their bond liability to about uh, $14.5 billion. But what they did also was create a repayment account, a bond surety escrow account, where they put future liability payments into this escrow account, and they went as far as actually declaring half of the cash receipts collected as bond surety uh, depository funds, you know, to repay the bonds. 
Well, that may sound all fine and good, but when I looked, the uh, standing balance of the uh, escrow account for repayment of the bonds was standing at about $30 billion, with the total liability being 145 all right, we'll, we'll hold it there. Once again, we're going to break. So if you'd like to get in on tonight's conversation, 1-800-313-9443. We're talking to Walter Burian of CAFR1.com. That's C-A-F-R and numeral 1.com. And we'll be right back after these short messages. Corbett Report Radio friends, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com here, and tonight we're talking to Walter Burian of CAFR1.com, that's C-A-F-R, the number one, dot com. And of course, C-A-F-R is the Comprehensive Annual Financial Reports, the hidden second set of books that Walter Burian managed to uncover through his own resourcefulness back in the 1990s and has been trying to blow the whistle about ever since, and unfortunately it's been extremely difficult to do so because as he's been telling us, there have been uh, quite a bit of collusion in the media and among the organizations that have access to these reports to not even let people know of their existence. So a lot of people well, are probably learning about them for the first time tonight or in recent years because of Walter Burian's work. So let's uh, let's turn to the, the, the reports themselves and the history of them. From your research, when did the CAFR system really come into being? Well, after uh, World War II and uh, basically 1944-45, uh, uh, the financial boys uh, decided to uh, uh, create an organization to uh, pitch government from going as a pay-as-you-go structure into the corporate clearinghouse for revenue collection under the corporate accounting basis. A group called GFOA, Government Financial Officers Association out of Chicago, started pitching the CAFR structure to local governments. Uh, the first large one, I think, was Manhattan that came on in uh, '51. And by 1977, uh, that had become the standard for the majority, I mean, the majority of the states and large entities were producing one. And they petitioned the feds, uh, to put out a recommendation to all local governments to do the same, which was done in 77. <coughs> so come, you know, the 80s, <coughs> it was the primary document. Now keep in, one thing I found humorous about what you said, you used the word hidden. Well, you know, to perpetuate this game, they needed the full cooperation of syndicated media, controlled education, both political parties, so they were all included with being sent to reports. The only one who was excluded was the entire population of the United States. Never mentioned, never repeated, never were, because it showed the, you know, like I said, it was a statement of net worth. You could have a local government crying poverty, oh, we need to raise taxes, you know, pulling out their front pockets uh, empty, but in reality, their back pockets were stuffed with $100 bills and growing. You know, you could have a city, county, or state, or school district crying poverty. Our budget is short by $75 million. We need to raise taxes. If you look at their corresponding annual financial report, they could be a billion dollars in the black. Okay, when you look at the total picture. So, boil down selected presentation. And, you know, I'll make a long story short. Uh, the... When I digested everything over the years, uh, it just boils down to uh, two, uh, three words, greed and opportunity 
unrestrained. Uh, what we did with government was like giving a 13-year-old carte blanche to write his own allowance check, uh, you know, each week. And in that scenario, you know, the parents would get screwed every single time. You know, if the parents are making $2,000 a week, uh, the kid would be saying, I want to cut a check for 3000 next week, get a second job. <laughs> Sound familiar? And, you know, the, uh, they were always looking for more ways to tap into the population's productivity and resources. They built their own personal little financial empires. Uh, you know, the public, you know, multimillionaires, you know, someone gets a net worth of $50 million, and they think they're wealthy and rich. I mean, they, I mean, if they compared their income to their local city or county, they're in poverty. You know, I've had thousands of people calling me about the tax increases, this, that, and the other thing, and they can rant on for hours about uh, corruption in government, whatever. And I, I've learned to stop them, you know, because they'll say, our state wants a uh, billion and a half dollar tax increase, and they're ranting and raving, and I say, hold it, got a couple of questions for you. They say, what? And I said, do you know how much cash you have in your own pocket? Yeah, what do you ask? I said, I just want to know if you know. Do you know what your checking account balance is approximately? Yeah. Do you know the value of your investments? Yeah. What about your net worth? Yeah. Well, you just called me about your state, city, county, school district, you know, raising taxes. How much cash do they have coming in? Uh, no idea. Take a guess. I can't. Why? Don't have a clue. What about their investment accounts? Totals there. No idea. Take a guess. Can't. Don't have a clue. What about their net worth? No idea. So what is basic and fundamental to each and every one of us, every day of our lives, since we're little kids up until when we die, we keep a running total of how much cash we got in our pocket, how much we have in the bank, our value of our investments, and approximately what our net worth is, rolls in the back of our mind every day. You know, it's, it's always there. Even if you're the Biafran with two and a half rice bowls, you know what condition they are and then where they are. Here, the boys, as they've networked, you know, they've entertained the public off in La La Land uh, with distraction as they have created an entire vacuum and void in the cognitive thinking of an entire population. I find that amazing they pulled it off. But then you have to look at the money involved in the cooperation of the different players. When you have the syndicated networks and the talking heads, making sure never people never mention their word, never generating a cognitive thought. If they did, they'd find themselves getting their asses kicked out in the back alley and booted, never to be talked to again. You have a controlled education and a symbiotic relationship. You have the corporate, uh, industrial financial corporate complex in a symbiotic relationship. They're all bidding for the government investment funds and, you know, bond money and uh, cash loans. So they're not going to bite the hand that feeds them. In fact, if you look at the investment aspect, over the years, you know, government invested a little more, 2 3% of their income, 5%. Each and every year, they've taken over the entire financial and industrial complex by investment. Exactly right. Well, we'll have to get it more into the details and the specifics of how that works. But again, let's take another short break, and we'll be right back here on Corbett Report Radio with Walter Burian of CAFRA1.com right after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. You know it's time to get the fast tricks, prosecutors, Freemasons. You know the people in the shadows, as you see us, that's the place. The hour of 
Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to Corporate Report Radio. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorporateReport.com, coming to you, as always, from the land of the rising sun in Japan, where it's already the 24th of April, 2012, here around 1.33 in the afternoon, although I assume for most of you back in the United States, it is probably around 11.33 at night on the 23rd. So once again, thanks for joining us tonight. Tonight we're talking about uh, the comprehensive annual financial reports that have been exposed most uh, strenuously and effectively by our guest, Walter Burian of CAFR1.com. Once again, that's C-A-F-R, the number one, dot com, where you can find more information about this hidden second set of books that the government has been doing its best to make sure that you don't know about. So we're doing our best to to plumb the depths of this tonight. And, of course, the phone lines are open for your calls and comments, 1-800-313-9443. And on that note, we have a couple of callers waiting patiently on the line, so let's start going to your calls. We have Lark in Texas. So, Lark, thanks for joining us tonight. Well, hi there, James. Uh, Walter? Hi, Lark. Uh, Well, you know, Walter, I've been listening to you for a few years now, and I wonder if you would help clarify my my thoughts. Uh, I want to get some things straight in my mind. First thing I'd like to uh, suggest, at least from my own uh, clarifying efforts, is that Frankly, what we have today, given the findings that you've revealed, is a uh, a systemization of organized crime. Yeah, you call it a corporate oligarchy of uh, networked uh, local governments and federal governments to take it all over uh, by investment control uh, in every aspect of uh, what you pay for, whether it be your insurance, they got a piece of that. Whether it be uh, your gas, I got a piece of that. In any aspect, they're taking the productivity from the population. As they network between themselves, uh, cutting deals, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, working out their next uh, multi million or billion dollar wealth uh, uh, project uh, that'll guarantee themselves to be little kings for the rest of their uh, lives in retirement. <clears throat> and the public says they're being masterfully entertained, uh, thinking about, well, do I watch The Simpsons or South Park tonight? Permit me to put it in my words and see if you echo my own uh, sentiments, because I'm not following your words. The truth of the matter is, is I remember back in the 80s, I could not help but feel a large measure of disgust for what I termed lemmings. Now, these were often college-educated people who had been at least uh, 10 years into their uh, chosen uh corporate professions, mm-hmm. and had risen through the ranks, and they had a certain smugness about them, but I found myself, when I was around these kinds of people who had, risen, who had risen to the top of corporations in the form of CEOs and CFOs and the like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm telling you, these people actually made me feel nauseous to be around them. So, honestly, were my instincts correct to tell me that these people had actually been lured into a life of uh, mafiosi-like criminal activity, and they were concealing their angst? Uh, I, I like to keep things simple. And the way I, me, I me, it, me too. It, That's why I put yeah, it, it as bluntly as I they, do. They, they all look at it as being a game of marbles. He ends up with the most marbles at the end of the game, you know, wins. And, you know, they're watching the game being played, and, you know, they're chasing the carrot just like anyone else, and they see the ethics or like lack of ethics and you know, what to do to walk off with the biggest kitty, and they always focus on it and usually accomplish their objective. 
so, you know, you know, I, again, I'll mention it boils down to greed and opportunity unrestrained. So, if I, am I wrong to, to am I wrong to actually want to feel so disgusted and so irate within myself that I either am forced to walk away or, frankly, just want to just nail these sons of a bitches on the spot? Uh. You got you got to realize you know they're just as much sound bite conditioned as the uh, truck worker or the uh, school teacher, except uh, you know they're uh, well, they're feeling, just bad, and they're they're they're, they're feeling that they uh, they're higher and have the edge above everybody else, and you know they're plain language, you know they're what you know, you know what doesn't stink. So they're not the eating, so, right? Truck. Some are. I've, I've met a few uh, very wealthy uh, people that are you know really uh, you know. Good. Yeah, I mean, they, they made their money just by uh, ethical and honest hard work. And most of them wear jeans and T-shirts, and they uh, don't flaunt their wealth, and uh, they like to keep a low profile. And even the ones that are multi-billionaires that do have, you know, the uh, the high-rise life, uh, they also like to be kept in the, uh, you know, a very low profile and don't want people knowing who they are or how much money they have. All right, uh, well, anyway, I appreciate, I appreciate you. Appreciate you clarifying that for me. Uh, 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 I know that I'm right now. So when it comes to public school teachers, when it comes to attorneys, when it comes to judges, when it comes to politicians, when it comes to anybody that heads a large or even a medium-sized corporation today, the, the truth is, is every one of these people have been lured into the false promise of uh, careerism and credentialism, and they have, in fact, thrown in with the pirates and the criminals, the thieves. Well, the they, they they sold their soul to the devil, chasing the current, uh, you know, running on the treadmill, uh, following uh, the guidelines set before them. Well, thanks for and clarifying this for me, and I appreciate it. Thank you for the call, Lark. Um, let's move along. Let's go to Jim in Missouri. Jim, can I make, can I make one quick Can I make one quick comment? Please okay. do. The uh, very important. Keep in mind, the annual finance report is the holy grail of accounting. You know, in religion, it would be the same as the Bible for the Catholic Church, or the Torah or for the Jewish religion, or the Quran, you know, and so forth. Uh, so, you know, a good analogy would be is if you walked into the Catholic Church and you asked the priest, can I see a copy of the Bible? And he looked back at you and he said, Bible? What's that? You know, it's a very accurate analogy. Now, the priest wouldn't do that because there's no reason to hide the Bible. But one qualifier I put out over and over again, if you're a local politician, city, council, mayor, uh, congressman, senator, governor, uh, will not make simple and open and conspicuous mention of the comprehensive annual finance report, which would be like asking the priest to make open, simple and open, open mention of the Bible during the sermon, he is 100% confirming one of two things. Either he's 100% cooperation with the game, or you know, he's a, a, a chicken little shit and doesn't want to take the consequences for having mentioned, because the whole game has been the silence is golden rule. Never mention, never talk about, never discuss, so never a cognitive thought in the minds of the population to qualify total investments, total gross income, total growth within their local government. Never. I mean, just they create a void and a vacuum in the cognitive thinking of an entire population. So... That's the number one qualifier, whether it be your local editor, talking head. I mean, I've had thousands of people call into Rush Limbaugh trying to mention the Comprehensive Annual Finance Report. He has a 25, 30-second uh, delay on the show. Bip, click off, click, 
uh, off, never to mention the comprehensive annual financial report, even though thousands have tried. It's always been the independents, you know, that are not part of the syndicate under the th- uh, syndicate's thumb that we'll mention. And, you know, I've seen elected politicians, though, that did try to mention, and they, you know, have gotten stepped off and booted. A guy by the name of Rich Smith was running for governor in Oregon. Uh, he was already on the Republican ticket back in 99, I think it was, and he mentioned the comprehensive annual financial report and spotlighted it. The Republican Party dropped him, and he went into obscurity. Keep in mind, both uh, I find this real humorous. Both the Republican Party and Democratic Party are 100% private associations started from the get-go to get their people in to have access to the till, entertaining the public on uh, discussions, rabble-rousing, and everything else along uh, masterful entertainment lines or, you know, misdirection of, of uh, government corruption and so forth, uh, is strictly there to get their people in the door to have access to the till. And they never talk about the till. They'll talk about how much debt uh, governments and how we have to change this as government continually grows at 5, 10, 15, 20% per year. <laughs> you know, and never mention, never repeat, never work. Well, that's an important point. Absolutely. I mean, how many people really do have a handle on even the types of investments and things that the government has, let alone how much they're worth? I would venture to say not that that, 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 That's why they sent the comprehensive annual financial report to uh, all the networks, all of the political parties, all of the senators, congressmen, so they could have a quick reference guide to see how much was growing. And it was also well known between all of the players, which there were many uh, groups and individuals included, Never to discuss, mention a peep or word to the population because if the population learned the scope and the size of the government takeover and growth as shown in the collective comprehensive annual financial reports, the game would be over. So never repeat, never mention, never a word. All right. On that note, we still have a caller waiting on the line. We have Jim in Missouri, so let's go to Jim. Thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hey, Lark, Walter, James. Hi. Uh, love your work. Uh, I'm familiar with with you, Lark. Um, you know when you're when you're talking about the, the cappers. You know what? You know there was some mention about you know comparing um, you know maybe a multimillionaire to um, what's held in the cappers. You know one mm-hmm. of the one of the one of the best explanations and I was really shocked because it came over Fox News but the guy made a comparison he says now he says okay we've got these supposed oil companies are making all this money well an oil company makes like six to seven cents per gallon the retailer, the convenience store, whatever it is, makes about one penny per gallon. The federal government makes 40 to 50 cents per gallon. Mm-hmm. All right, do the numbers. Yeah, and there, there's also one other factor in there, Jim. If you look at any oil company, you know, which is a public company and has stock, if you look at the stock owners, you because know, the shareholders are going to get the lion's share of the money you know, paid out to them. And if you look at the collective owners and start breaking down the 186,000 separate local governments just from local and add on federal, you'll find collectively they own the oil companies. 
And same thing with the pharmaceutical companies and uh, Fortune 500 companies. So, you know, when they're networking on policy, you know, behind closed doors, they design trade policy and government policy to funnel substantial monies into the corporations, which guarantees themselves their own profit on their own investment holdings, which are their primary owner collectively. And that's another thing the public has to, uh, you know, get a, get a clue to, to learn the reality of the scope and size. Oh, yeah, it's the, it's the corruption and the lobbying. Yeah, and, and the with the lobbying, you know, and the, and the monies that are changing hands, it has to do with, you know, if, if a senator or congressman is uh, passing a bill, it's going to generate a billion dollars for a government, for a corporation, or uh, cutting a contract, which is going to funnel in a billion dollars to that corporation. You know, it not only just benefits the corporation, it benefits the government itself who owns the majority of stock in that corporation. So, you know, one misconception that was given is the corporations control government. That is not correct. That is definitely not correct. Government controls all of the corporations by investment, being the primary investor, loan grantor, the whole nine yards, domestic and international. So, and also being the number one shareholder, uh, you know, collectively. The, uh, you know, the, you know, a group of local governments can't network all together to, uh, you know, control any one corporation. So what they've done is they've created one private association after another. And certain financial associations, which may have 45,000 local government members, members, the local members will sign over proxy voting rights to the uh, membership hierarchy where they can go into a board meeting at ExxonMobil if they own 53% of the stock, okay, by their collective membership and they have proxy voting rights, that head of that organization could fire the entire board and the CEO by proxy. They know it. So these are very powerful positions that will guide policy and what happens within these corporations. And, you know, in that fashion, the government has to, including government writing all of the laws that the corporations have to follow, you know, even on taxation, the public is taxed 25-30%. Corporations, when I looked at, I have the 1999 audit of the IRS up on uh, my website, my download directory. If you look at it, it's a beautiful report for demographics and information showing population broken up into categories, corporate broken up into categories. And what I noticed on the corporations, you know, who actually had tax liability of anywhere from 14 to, uh, you know, uh, Five percent uh, after deductions, they're paying a half percent, one percent. Okay, where the population, you know, was paying, you know, fifteen, twenty, thirty, you know, thirty-five percent, and well, it made it made it made absolute sense because why would government tax the corporations which they own because they'd just be taking money away from their profit they're getting on their stock ownership? Yeah, but Walter, it's easier than that. But the corporations are passing off their tax base to the consumer, so they don't have to pay it. I mean, that's yeah, well, simple. And they're, they're, but I'm saying they're paying very little. I mean, after their deductions, when you look at the report, you'll see they paid virtually nothing. Well, you know, you know what? The Supreme Court says, hey, man, everything you can do to maximize your, your, your tax load, um, as long as you do it legal, you're cool. 
Well, the, when you mentioned the Supreme Court, the, uh, when you look at your congressman, your senators, your governor, uh, 70% are attorneys. You know, political hack attorneys. They all network to get into positions of power and authority so they could dot the I's and cross the T's moving the money. Well, we don't, we don't need to get into the original 13th Amendment, which did exist and does exist. Mm-hmm. Especially the separation of the power doctrine, which has been subverted uh, 100%. You now have the attorney complex controlling all three branches of uh, government, networking together under the judiciary to you know, set policy, control the population, and uh, build them uh, a little bit more uh, each and every day. You know, well, I mean, uh, you know, get down to simplicity. If you walk into a court today, um, most most of the time you're being sued by a political entity, whether it be a city, um, township, county, state, federal. You walk into these places, well, every person in that courtroom, the judge, the prosecutor, most of the times the uh, defending attorney. Walk into my parlor, said the spider to the fly. It's, yeah. They're all paid that's by the, the government. Exactly. It's a, it's a rigged system from top to bottom. All right, Jim, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you so much for those comments. But we are about to go to another break, and we'll be back after these short messages to wrap things up tonight with Walter Burian of Kaffirone.com. So we'll be back right after this short break. Corbett Report radio friends, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com here. Tonight we've been talking to Walter Burian of CAFRA1.com about the comprehensive annual financial reports. And so just in the final few minutes here, Walter, I'd really like to pick up on one of the points that you were talking about in that last segment where you mentioned that the governments have control over the corporations through the collectivized, uh, the collective control of the shareholders. They, they are obviously shareholders through the TRFs and the other funds that hold this, the shares in these public corporations. But I still struggle to understand how this how this functions as a system. I understand the theory, well, uh, but let, I don't. Let's go to the eighties. Uh, back in the eighties, they uh, funneled all the money into Mexico, then opened up the floodgates uh, uh, for Mexican trade, and everything you picked up in Walmart and Kmart said made in Mexico. Well, the majority of those business operations that taking advantage of the cheap labor were uh, investment heavy from the government collective investment funds that were sunk into Mexico. Same thing happened with the Soviet bloc countries uh, in the next decade, and then China has been the biggest apple. Uh, 1999-2000, uh, collective government funds sank in about $2 trillion into uh, China, which probably has a market capitalization of $14 trillion with the open floodgates of Chinese goods coming into the United States. In fact, China cut off uh, further uh, U.S. government investments in China about two years ago, they just opened up uh, reinvestment by U.S. government uh, entities and corporately owned uh, companies if the Chinese government has matching ownership <laughs> of the same investments. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so they're pretty smart cookies. But a uh, very important point I wanted to make before the show had ended, you know, you know thousands of people called me, and uh, you can get your car for just by Googling. You, know, you put the city of Miami, in quotes, and then annual financial report, in quotes, bang, a pops their comprehensive annual financial report. State of California, you know, 
you know, Pennsylvania, whatever, uh, and uh, your township, your county, your school district. Um, <clears throat> but people get them, and they were sound by condition to draw a blank. They get them, they go, oh, no, 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 Count, I can't understand this. And, you know, but they're conditioned to draw a blank. That was their sound by conditioning. And the way I get around that is I tell them, I said, picture you got into a car accident three months ago, took a major head hit. You have 100% amnesia. And all of your relatives, friends, and neighbors said, you're one of the wealthiest guys in the country that I know. And you say, uh, yeah, I am. Right? You're going to get a hold of your own statement of net worth real damn quick and start digesting it to figure out how much money you had, where you have it, how you got it, what you're doing with it, and, uh, seeing if you're playing games to hide your income from, uh, you know, other people and read through your notes section of your, uh, annual, you know, statement of net worth. Uh, to learn real quick uh, what you have before someone steals it from you. <clears throat> well, if you look at your school district, your city, your county, or your state capital with the same, uh, you know, perspective, things will jump out of you one after the other, after the other, after the other. Okay, and you'll you'll start picking up one bit at a time and learning, uh, you know, what's there. You know, but if you just pick up your comprehensive annual financial report, what well, was my city's comprehensive annual financial report? You glance at it. And, I just can't understand any of this, you know. But if I, if I, someone called me and I said, hey, would you like me to send you a copy of Bill Gates' uh, net worth? Yeah, yeah, you got it? Yeah, send it to me. Yeah, they'd be digesting it and picking out things here and there. I didn't know he had a chain of laundry stores in India. And, you know, I didn't know he had a, you know, a billion and a half with Deutsche Bank. And, you know, you, things would jump out at you in the same fashion. You'd be all enthusiastic to look. <laughs> so that's what the public has to do is break that sandby conditioning and start looking because there's a lot of sharp and smart people out there where this is going to jump out at them on every aspect of their local venues and they're going to start learning the scope and size of the game. Exactly right. Well, there is so much to pick through and obviously not, not enough time in one hour to go through it all. So we'll have to have you back on the program again in the future to continue going through this. But in the meantime, people can go to CAFR1.com for more information about the comprehensive annual financial reports. And that link will be in the show notes for tonight's episode as well, CorbettReport.com slash radio. So, Walter, thank you so much for your time tonight and to and all the listeners I'll, out I'll, there. I'll, I'll, note, I'll note when they're on my site, look at that download directory. It's a red staples button that says Camper Downloads because I put examples of uh, federal, uh, state, local government campers up there. All right. Well, we're fresh out of time. So to all of you out there, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow night. <laughs>